All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Monday, October 18th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Murdy. I'm joined by Mr. Big Marcel here on Monday afternoon. Marcel, how's it going, man? All good, man. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad, Marcel. Busy weekend, as always. Uh, I know it's the same with you. But uh, we did have quite a bit of MMA on the weekend to talk about, and I'm looking forward to recapping the fights with you. And also want to mention, and we'll mention this later on again, Marcel, but tomorrow the podcast will be at 7 p.m. Eastern. Marcel's got some stuff that's going on in the afternoon, so we got to push it back a little bit, but we'll do it at 7 p.m. Eastern, right before Contender Series starts for an hour before that. So that'll be good. All right, so we got a lot to talk about, Marcel. we got UFC, Bellator, we had Contender Series. There was also a Cage Warriors card. There was some cards in Russia. I know you were watching a lot of MMA this weekend, but... Let's start with UFC more so, and then we'll go um, do the other stuff after, but we'll start with UFC. So let's just start with it right now. Main event of the fight, of the um, card the other night, it was not the greatest fight in the world, obviously. Norma Dumont defeats Aspen Ladd. Did predict the upset here. Really liked Dumont in this fight. She got the job done. Ladd, just too many question marks, guys. Like, you know, she hadn't fought in two years. The, the second weight fight just looked like she was mentally lost out there a little bit. I think we can all say that. She just didn't look like she's in the fight. I, I thought it'd be a little bit more competitive than that, I'll be honest. It pretty much was one-sided for Dumont. She basically won four to one. There was one round which Ladd won, but it was a good performance by Dumont, I think. And obviously, again, not the most exciting fight. I'm not gonna say it was an exciting fight. It really wasn't, but Marcel, like I think this girl's pretty good and she's underrated. You know, she's won her last three fights as an underdog against Spencer, now against uh, Ladd, and also against Ashley Evan Smith. She was an underdog in this fight. So People don't realize, I don't think, that Norma's actually a quite a good fighter right now. I'm not saying she's going to be the person who defeats Amanda Nunez, but I will say this. In a division where, Marcel, there quite frankly are many contenders, I do think we will see that fight next year, Norma Dumont and Amanda Nunez. She'll probably fight Holly Holm next, I might guess. But, you know, in a shallow division, guys, she's one of the top girls out there. So give me your thoughts on her, and then we're going to talk about Lad. We'll talk about the corner work. But give me your thoughts on Dumont, because I want to give her a bit of shine here, because I thought she looked really good in this fight. And she'll either fight Holly Holm next or she will fight for the title against a man that's one or two, you know. So, um, yeah, she did look well. She had a good jab going, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that was pretty much it. She had a good jab going, you know. And Aspen Ladd, man, it was a very bad performance, to say the least, you know. And not no disrespect to Aspen Ladd, but this is like, I, I haven't seen a fight like that before. Yeah, maybe the Queen of Sky, and then she... she Turn it around the last round, but this is like th- there was no how do you say that there was no uh improvement in, 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 yeah. in, in, in every single round. So I was like, I know what's happening. Um, I mean, I think Dumont did perfect, you know, and uh, she got the win. Uh, perfect, well done for that. I don't know. Actually, there was more backlash about the in-between rounds thing, what happened with Lat and her coach. We'll talk about that. that yeah, yeah about I that. thought it was kind of complete, completely bullshit in my opinion. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's, let's sure. Let's talk about that. We got we got our boy Tristan in the chat. What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, hope you catch that uh, the Dumont ticket there plus money on the underdog. But let's talk about the, the the controversy. I guess I don't mean I really don't think it's controversial, but a lot of people do. So obviously, you know, Jim West. Here's the thing. It's not just her coach. He's her boyfriend. They've been they've been dating for like I, I want to say for you know how old is Aspen? She's 26. I think they've been dating since she was 18. So they've been dating since she was just turned you know to an adult basically. Um, and not only is Jim her coach, but he's her mentor, and Jim is her her, her partner in, in life too. So this is a very unique situation, Marcel. It's not just 
like a coach. This is more than that. It's also like her, basically her husband. You know what I mean, Marcel? Mm-hmm. And that's the part that's tripping a lot of people up. It's this other dynamic at play. It's not just the fact they are coaches. It's all uh, coach and, and people. It's also that it's it's husband. It's basically it's you know partners. They're they're man and wife basically. So they're not married, but you know what I mean, guys. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's a complicated situation, but. Like in general, I don't have a problem with the corner advice, to be honest with you. I don't have an issue with it. Like Lad didn't do anything. She wasn't listening to the technical advice. And even he said, that point we're down three nothing. We know we're down the fight. We have to finish the fight at that point. And he's like, uh, I sort of, you know, I try to get a fire light a fire under her. Bisping obviously was commenting. He wasn't too thrilled with the with the um the tactics, I guess. But I think the biggest thing was when Ariel Hawani tweeted about it and Ariel has a million followers, guys. You know, he's got a lot more influence in the game than he thinks, I think, sometimes. And, you know, guys like me and Marcel, we have our opinion on it, but we have, like, not even – we have, like, a minuscule amount of, of following compared to that guy. So when he went and tweeted out that he thought it was really, uh, you know, I guess the very, like, strong language used, and it was he just – he didn't like it. I think a lot of people jumped on that bandwagon. And I just don't get it, Marcel. I don't think, first off – Journalists, I don't think should, you know, we have to stay, we have to, at some point we have to stay in our lane. We're not yeah. professional athletes. We're not yeah. coaches. We shouldn't be giving corner advice, you know? You know? So I, I, I had no problem with it, Marcel, but I want to hear your thoughts. Go ahead. I'm going to get crushed for this one, but I'm going to say this is some woke bullshit, man. Let's, let's be honest. If there was a guy in that corner against with Jim West, nobody would have a problem. But now it's Aspen Ladd as a girl. You know, and everybody is like, oh, my God, it's so bad. Come on, guys. And then Misha Tate is uh, throwing even more fuel on the fire because she has an issue with the coach. You know, and everybody's going to get behind her. It's so stupid, man. Listen, let Aspen Lat tell the people if she liked it or not. You know, that's what what's the most important to me. And I didn't hear anything from Aspen Lat that she didn't like it. You know, I think she's more concerned with her own performance than with what her coach said there. You know, so it's like so stupid, you know, and yeah. I said it. I said it the Dutch podcast earlier today as well. It's just the thing that she is, uh, she is, if that was, if, if that was, for example, uh, last, last week, James Cross against Tim Elliott, you know, if that was James Cross talking to Tim Elliott at that, at that time, that moment, how he did there, nobody would have said anything. You know what I mean? Right, right, but now right. it's Aspen Lat with Jim West. And now it's like, Oh my God, he's attacking the girl. It's so bad. It's like, uh, he's her, he's absolutely destroying her. Shut the fuck up, man. It's so yeah. annoying. Here, the, thing really that, annoying. The, the thing that I don't agree with is like people saying I'm concerned for their relationship. If that's the way he talks to her, like, are you fucking kidding me? Get out of here guys. Like this is a, this is a fight. Literally. Yeah. I don't, I don't think people understand what the sport is sometimes more. So I really don't like, this is a fight. Like you're, you go in the octagon, you might not leave. You might be dead by the time you get out of there. It's a dangerous place to be. Like it's, a, it's different stakes in there, guys. It's not just like they're not out for dinner and having an argument. They're in a fucking fight here. Yeah. What's like, what's what's with the soft ass bullshit? I don't know. I don't lately, know what It's here. really I annoying it. to I, me. You know. I, I, I listen. I'm not going to go in and, and 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 say you know about softness and everything. There's a lot going on in the world these days. I get it. But for me. This doesn't need to enter MMA. This is a dangerous sport as it is. We don't need people policing what the corners are saying. You know, Marcel, for me, like, I don't think it was the best advice that, you know, that Jim was giving her, but I don't think there was any controversy at all, personally. So let me just get these comments because I got to see what you guys said. Okay, so Daniel said Ariel backtracked on the show, clarified he felt Jim didn't go over the line. Well, it sure seemed like his, his tweets were saying that. And again, guys, when you have a million followers, people do take, like, they take notice of what you're saying. You know what I mean, Marcel? Like, me and you have a decent following, but not, not even close. Think about it, Marcel. A million compared to like 20K or whatever you have. 
and or 10 for me. It's not even close, guys. Like we have a small minuscule amount of influence, but really it's someone with that many followers that are gonna get more people talking about what they're saying. I didn't have a call, I didn't have a problem with it. And I'm not saying it was the best corner advice, but it's not controversial. Hey Glenn, he asked about the double weight cut. I think it had an effect. I, I know she didn't have this cut as much to make 145, but she just looked she looked mentally beaten in that fight aspect. Yeah. She just didn't look the same. But again, hadn't fought in two years, had the two weight miss, like the well, the one weight miss, two two weight cuts. I think she'll look better once she's back at 135. But honestly, I don't even know if she'll make they'll make that weight class anymore. Like it seems like she's kind of grown out of the weight class. Daniel thinks that the coach was just trying to entertain the audience. I've seen this uh, kind of um, thought, Daniel, not just you. A lot of people saying he's just coaching to the cameras. I'm not sure if I if I necessarily agree with it, but I do know what you're saying about the fight being not entertaining because it really wasn't. It wasn't a great fight. Again, Dumont do what she had to do, but it wasn't a good fight. Go ahead, go ahead. Adam, imagine Aspinall knocking Norma Dumont out in the fifth round. Just like what he did, she did with Yana, right? Yeah, what, know, what would people say? You know, they would say amazing job. Like it's just yeah. you, you can't just look at the result of things. Sometimes I agree. Tristan says he wished he captured the Dumont ticket, but he lost it on Eve. Yeah, I think a lot of us deal with that fight in a few minutes. <laughs> Kevin Scott is hard to call. What that guy was saying advice. Jim West he's talking about didn't offer any suggestions. Guys, a joke. The other sports team enough again. Uh, you know, Jim he's also the coach of a few other fighters like uh, Anthony Hernandez. And a few yes, other fighters that sure. MMA coast uh, Andrea Lee is another fighter who coaches. So I I I think he'll be. I I don't think he's um, going to be on the sport times too, Kevin. Like he's got a lot of uh, you know clients still in the UFC, so he'll he'll be around. But I I do wonder what's going to happen with him and Aspen going forward because obviously you know this was a pretty big. Con I, I don't think it was controversial, but people made it out to be, and I almost I almost feel bad for them because it's like. You know, I wouldn't want every argument I had with my fiance to be on public blast. You know what I mean, Marcel? Like, it's not fair, really. It's almost on. I almost feel bad for Jim and, and, and Aspen. You know what I mean? Because this is their choice. They are, you know, again partners, and they they, they choose to be coached and, and to fight for each other. So this is the kind of thing you'll happen sometimes. But mm -hmm. Kevin thinks that Lad's overrated. You know what? I I kind of I don't want to say she's not good because I think she is a good fighter, but she is. Over in the sense that if she can't get her opponents to the ground, she's screwed. Just like I talked about Marcel, she has no striking Marcel. She never developed that. Marcel, she looked she looked lost in the stand. -up. True, but it kind of depends where you rate her. If you want to say she's overrated, I, I think at one forty five she's going to be in trouble. One thirty five, she's one of the top girls. Yeah, she's got the size. So I just think at one forty five, Marcel, I don't think she's a contender at this weight class. I really don't because she can't get her points down on the feet. Her striking is limited. What, it doesn't move her head. What weight? What weight class, Adam? I mean, 140. <laughs> yeah, what, for what weight class? <laughs> 140. <laughs> the one that caught, a Cyborg fought, uh, who was it? Uh, Leslie Smith, I want to say. They fought at 140. <laughs> Remember that? When Cyborg had to go in the bathtub, she was cutting all that weight. Daniel says he agrees with Kevin. Lads at this uh, level tough. Skills aren't elite. She has good grounding, but again, that's it. And if she can't get you down, she's in trouble. You know. But she's only 26, so she still has time to get better, guys. That's the crazy thing. So... All right. Anything else with this fight, Marcel? I mean, for me, it's, no. you know, it was a boring fight with a stupid controversy that came out of it. It's just, I, you gotta be a little bit tougher than this guys. You know what I mean? This is MMA. This is not, this is not, uh, this is MMA. That's what I want to say. We gotta be a little bit tougher than this. Like just cause someone's feelings got hurt. Doesn't mean we have to go and cry about it. You know, Marcel? Listen, when your toughness uh, is your best uh, attitude, doesn't and well, so I agree with that too. Uh, Whenever we say someone's got a good chin, they're probably losing the fight. Go ahead, whatever. That's not a problem with it. She didn't, I didn't, I haven't, yeah. I've been paying attention. I haven't seen her post anything about also, saying, like, it's no. really disrespectful, in my opinion, from some fighters who are going to pick on that. It's like, listen, guys, if you 
had a certain corner advice and yeah. other people were going to uh, give their opinion about I, I it. Agree you would be too. upset about it, you know? I agree. And, and you know, a lot of people calling this guy like dollar store James Crows and stuff. I, I saw that, really, yeah. That's not very nice either, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, just because the guy looks like James doesn't mean he's he, he is James. By the way, James Krause and Nick Kalikas, they have a podcast now on Emmy Oddsbreaker. I don't know if mm -hmm. you saw that, Marcel. we got to get yeah. a plug with those guys. James Lynch is hosting it, so mm -hmm. post picks here over at Emmy Oddsbreaker. you got me and Marcel doing the podcast Monday, Tuesday, and then you got uh, Mike's MMA picks on Saturday. So we got a lot of podcasts here now, guys. It's really nice and glad to be part of the team here. All right, let's go to the next fight here, Marcel. we got Andre Olovsky defeating Carlos Felipe by decision. I, it was a super close fight. Like, the stats basically had it dead even, and the, the judges went with Orlovsky. I, I felt like it was a super close fight could have either way. I picked Felipe. I was wrong, obviously, but uh, close fight. What do you think? Yeah, close fight could have gone either way, right? I mean, uh, first round, Orlovsky, third round, Felipe, second round, 50-50. Yeah. So, yep. could have gone either way. I mean, uh, I was kind of surprised uh, every judge was on the same line, that the both, uh, all three out of Orlovsky, because there's always one judge who has a different normally in the, these kind of fights, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with scorecard. I think 29-28 either way was the right way to go. Yep, no, I agree with that. I I did bet on Felipe, but this was not one that I was like, you know, jumping up and down yelling at the judges. It's just one of those close fights that he lost. So, you know, don't call a robbery. For, like, if someone calls this a robbery, like, that's just a mistake. I, I did see the media was split in this fight. I, mm -hmm. I think, honestly, it could have gone either way. You know what I mean? I really do. All right, let's go to the next fight. Jim Miller defeats Eric Gonzalez. Now... You know, Marcel, the first round was pretty crazy. They were both going at it, but Eric Gonzalez just completely left his chin out in the second round. Jim Miller caught him with a massive, massive punch, knocks him out. Performance of the night bonus for Jim Miller. Continues to get it done, Marcel, at age 38. I mean, the guy is an absolute legend. And uh, by the way, there's no question he's going in the Hall of Fame. No question. He's 100% going in the Hall of Fame. The guy's going to have the most fights in UFC history. What is If that's not a Hall of Fame, I don't know what it is. The guy's, the guy's um, longevity in the sport has been – Second and none. He's been in the UFC since 2008 with no breaks. Fights super often. Fights everyone and everyone. I, I love Jim Miller, man. Everyone does. The guy looked amazing again. Give me your thoughts on Jim Miller. I mean, if you have Stephen Bonner in the Hall of Fame, Jim Miller definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, for sure, man. I would think Miller is amazing. Uh, and he looked good again on Saturday. He, he got... I think he got tagged early in the first round, but he came back already late in the first round. And the second round, man, he, he knocked him out, man. I mean, pretty impressive. Last... TKO KO win was against Takanori Gomi, uh, I read. So that was 2016, so a long time ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, Jim Miller, is, Jim Miller uh, gets it done. And I mean, it's it's difficult, man, against a new newcomer, you know, somebody who makes his debut, don't know what to expect. And uh, he's like the veteran. It's pretty much complete opposite, right? The guy with the most yeah. UFC fights against the guy with zero UFC fights. So, yeah. Um, yeah, very well done by Jim Miller again, man. Looking forward to what this I just want to answer this question from Glenn. He says uh, lots being made about Jim Miller's 38 fight, but his pay is low in your, in his opinion. See, Glenn, I'm not, no, I'm not so sure if I agree with that. I'll be honest with you. Like, because to me, 104000 to show, 104000 to win, which was his last disclosed salary. I understand after 13 years with the UFC, you'd think it would be a little bit higher. But when you compare it to the other fighters, like, it's pretty much in line, you know, Marcel, for guys being around that long. It's just kind of low overall, you know. Plus, but, uh, I just like, pay yeah. low overall. But, like, again, yeah. you, he probably made the same amount for this fight, maybe a little bit more, plus $50,000 mm -hmm. bonus. So, quarter of a million dollars for, you know, seven minutes, six minutes of work, not even six, seven minutes. That's pretty good payday, you know, guys. So I, I don't know if I can complain about his pay. Although, again, I think in general, the pay is obviously too low. I agree with you on that. You know, all right, let's go to the next fight here, Marcel. 
You had Menon Fioro defeat Myra Bueno Silva. Yeah, all, all I remember from this fight is Bueno Silva going like, eh, sticking her tongue out. Tell her to come in. She was just standing there getting punched in the face for herself. Offered no resistance. I mean, Manon is really good, guys. We talked about this already. I, I do think she could be a, a title challenger at some point. And she showed up one round of game here with showing off her wrestling, too. So I thought she was great. Looked great again. Give your thoughts. Yeah, man. Perfect fight. You know, uh, no no problems at all. Three rounds winning, 30-27. No, no problem. You know, I, I mean, I thought she would get a little, little bit more difficult, but... Uh, Myra Bueno Silva was more busy with, uh, like you say, like uh, making weird faces and acting like she didn't get touched. And let's go, let's go, get the touch again. It was perfect by Fioru, you know. And uh, what, what's the weird pronunciation on the broadcast with their Fior? 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 It's bad. Yeah. It's Fioro. Fioro. You know, it's not that hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, good win for, for Mano Fioro. I should be able to get it right because we did we did learn French in class until I think grade nine or ten in Canada. It is the second language here in the country. Um, <laughs> we got CM Hawking is Orlovsky Romanov next. It sure seems like that could be the fight, you know. And Romanov, he's not neither guy's ranked, but it does make sense to me, you know. But at the same time, if they gave a, a Romanov Spivak, I talked about that last week because they're both coming off a win over Van, or they both had a win over Vendor, I should say. Um, Tristan's talking about Buenos Aires did the weirdest taunting to Fioro. It was annoying. I just did it. It was super. I feel annoyed right now myself for doing it. <laughs> Daniel says, Feel UFC gets a bad rap fighter pay when it comes to these middling veterans. Pays critical main eventers, but their middle class is slow as in boxing. Yeah, that's true. And says, Another fighter lacking skills to get the ground when needed. Yeah, she's got nasty submissions, guys. We saw against uh, Julian Robertson, submitted her with uh, armbar and also on the contender series. Silva got that ninja choke, but again, she needs to be in a position to do that. And it's Furo doesn't make any mistakes, wasn't able to. All right. So during on Friday, we had a fight get canceled. Julian Marquez versus Jordan Wright got canceled due to non-COVID health issues, which really sucked. I was looking forward to that fight. I hope Julian feels better. I'm assuming Marcel was a bad weight cut, right? Like, is that fair to assume? Hmm. What do you think? I have no idea. My man wasn't COVID, I read. So, I mean, I what know. else could it be, guys? Yeah. If it's during the weigh in and the guy doesn't make weight, it's probably a bad weight cut. He's a huge middleweight. Like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise you if he wasn't able to make it. But again, that's just my guess. And maybe Julian will come out and say what happened. I hope they reschedule the fight for, for very soon from now, but I will say yeah. that. All right. So, let's talk about the fight that took its place in the main card because we got this one wrong like crazy. You're mm-hmm. so wrong. But I was actually thinking about this today. I'm like, man, me and Marcel were so wrong because. Nate Landwehr looked amazing in this fight against Ludovic Klein. Submits him. First career submission win for Nate Landwehr, Marcel. Are you kidding me? Like, this is why I fucking love this sport, guys, because this craziest shit happens when we least expect it. Come on. Who who who's picking Nate Landwehr to win by submission in the third round? Come on. No one was. There was no one on planet Earth that was. Like, are you kidding me? Crazy fight. And, like, listen, Ludovic, at this point, Marcel, one and two down the UFC, I, I think it's fair to say the guy's a little bit overrated. You know, but I still didn't expect it, even though I, I don't think he's as good as I thought. You know, the fight was probably one one heading in the third round, and they had the momentum. But the fact he gets the submission, Marcel, gets the bonus, saves his job. I'm blown away, Marcel. Like, I was blown away by this guy's performance. He looked amazing, and we were really, really wrong about this fight. <laughs> he was plus 300, and we were both so wrong. Like, Marcel's like, he's like, last week you were like, why would you pick, why would you pick uh, Nate Landwehr? There's no point. That's too funny. What are you going to say? Yeah, man, I, I was uh, I was watching that one with my dad, and 
I was, my dad's like, who's Gutierrez? It's like, man, Klein should have his way he wants, you know? And then the first round was competitive, second round as well. And then Landwehr took completely over. I was like, wow. Who did you, who did you, you know? the first round for? Did you have it for Klein? Because I, I had a 1 1. Yeah, I had a 1 1 going into the third. So yeah. I was like, I was pretty surprised, man, and happily surprised with Landwehr. Finally, he showed. He showed uh, that he he can hang, you know. I mean, we saw three fights of of his two uh, quick knockout losses, one fight against Darren Elkins, where I still think he didn't win, you know. But this one, very impressive, man. Got to say, and against a very good opponent, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah good good win for Landwehr. I didn't uh, saw him winning, and uh, yeah, nice fifty k bonus as well. So yeah, I'm just surprised. At least now I'm in Masters as well. Klein goes to Sanford MMA and, and looks worse. That's really surprising, <laughs> and I will say Landwehr looked good at the uh, the at uh, MMA Masters. It looks like it was a good move, and also Marina looked good. Marina, uh, what's her name? Agapova. Uh, Agapova looked good, and now I'm starting to think maybe Colby's going to look a lot better against uh, Usman because he's also yeah, who knows, like, oh, right? He might look amazing. Like I, I don't know. This gym looks like they're doing really well right now. Let me get these comments. CM Hawks asking about uh, top junior top flight contenders. Have you heard about anything? Or, or yeah, yeah, he was what supposed happened? to fight. Uh, he was supposed to fight Armin Petrosian on uh, uh, tomorrow, no. but uh, I think I heard he got visa issues. And uh, uh, Kolev was supposed to fight Turkals, a, a Finnish guy, and he's also out. So they matched up Kolev with Petrosian. So yeah, yeah. Let me get these comments. Um, I'll I'll talk about contender shoes in a minute. CM Hawk, uh, Kevin Scott's asking, or you just mentioned, yeah, Lambert's plus three hundred. So, and he's saying. Uh, this guy almost took uh, Lair by decision. I mean, it was close, right? It was like, what, two minutes away from winning decision? Like, that would have been a sharp call. I don't think anyone had him by submission. I'll tell you that right now. Glenn said he's not been a fan since he came in five pounds over. Yeah, that's true. He did come in heavy against Shane Young and knocked him out with the head kick. He came in heavy in that fight. Daniel saying, in hindsight, I remember Klein getting submitted quite easily in Cage Warriors. Yes, one fight out of like, what, 20? So you're right. I mean, the fact he did get subbed in the past, it shows that he could get subbed in the future. But Nate Lambert never submitted anyone. So I don't think anyone was expecting it. That's the thing, right? Daniel says, uh, Adam's got a refund of the Sanford and Mager. I still believe in the camp, but clearly, I mean, not everyone's going to, you know, look amazing after the going there. Okay. Bruno Silva against Andrew Sanchez. Now, this is a, this one's frustrating because I had money on Andrew as, as the underdog, and I picked him. I'm like, man, I'm a fucking genius, guys. I picked that. I, I, I broke down this fight to a T. He's going to use his wrestling. Two rounds, Marcel, dominating the fight. Seven takedowns. And once again, this guy completely gasses up in the third round, gets finished again in the third round. That was tough to watch, guys. I got to be honest. Like, if someone had a ticket on Sanchez as a dog, man, that was tough to watch for himself. Dominating the fight, I, I thought that was money in the bank, and Gasto gets finished. <laughs> Give me your thoughts. I'm still trying to process this one. <laughs> Give me your yeah, thoughts man. I was like the first two rounds, like, yeah, Adam had it right, you know, and then uh, he gassed out and uh, Silva uh, got the finish, you know, uh, and also got a beautiful uh, black belt for his uh, KO stoppage <laughs> after being taken down seven down seven times. Um, also, what are, are man, many Brazilians always talking about Muay Thai black belts? There doesn't exist a Muay Thai yeah. black belt, you know what I mean? <laughs> there is no kickboxing <laughs> black belt at all, so it's like, um, yeah, but Again, good comeback win from Silva. Again, just like against in the tournament fight where it was also behind. That was like only one round. But um, yeah, what can I say? I mean, for Sanchez, it sucks. You know, he was dominating first two rounds and then uh, he gassed out and he got stopped. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was dominating the fight, but you know, he got he gassed. Not only that, but he was so tired, he kicked him in the in the nuts a couple times to uh, just to survive. At that point, Marcel, I'm not gonna lie. 
I was like, okay, it's going to be a 10 eight round. Can I just at least get a draw and get my money back? <laughs> you know, it's just one of those ones. It is what it is. I mean, I think then, the judges scored the score got 10 9 for uh, for Silva in the first round, man, if I saw it correctly. That's 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 crazy. I mean, it was clearly, I thought 2018, clearly. Yeah, I thought 2017, me, maybe, because the second round was really dominant. Tristan got the third round Silva prop. Nice job. I lied, Bet Lane were in first. Yeah, that was a nice job. I mean, even if you got something, Daniel, it's good. Um, all right, let's go to the next fight here. So this was pretty controversial. Let's talk about this one. I think the fight was really, really close. And in hindsight, obviously, the betting odds were way too high. Minus 300 on Meave was just way too high because it was a competitive fight. You know, I think 29-28, either guy's okay. I, le- I thought Meave won, personally. But I do think it was close enough that you could give it to Roberts. I don't agree with 30-27. That is fucking insane. That means that you gave all three rounds to him. How did you not give a round to Meave? What kind of judge could see that fight and think Meave lost every round? I don't get it. Um, Dane Roberts is good at making the judges think he's winning, and he's missing a lot of his punches walking forward, though. You know, and again, in a close fight like that, the judges sometimes if they they're not that you know smart at watching what they're watching, they might see a guy who's throwing punches and walking forward and give it to him. That's the thing. That's what happened here. I did think Amiv won the fight. I'm not going to cry robbery because I do think it was pretty close, but I I hate that 30-27 scorecard. I really do. Give me your thoughts on this one. 30-27, Roberts. By Chris Lee, get out of here, dude. Get out of here. Get a new job. You know, you're an idiot. 3027. Nobody had that 3027. Even Roberts was like 3027. Oh, I might be fucked here. And then he was like, Yeah, 3027. It's like <laughs> so stupid. You know, if you it wasn't 3027, but if you score it for someone 3027, it could be EMEF, you know what I mean? But also not. I had 2928 for, for Ramazan EMEF. Uh, I already posted on, on Twitter, uh, Ramazan, the Dagestani decision, EMEF, 29-28. So it was like, I mean, it was a close fight. I don't mind if you give it 29-28 to Robbers, but I mean 30-27. Out of your damn mind, you know what I mean? But it's not the first time with Chris Lee. I don't really, I yeah, really surprised. Yeah, it's Chris Lee again. He's just a fucking moron. I mean, the guy's he's screwing people over. That's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it, 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 you just want them to get it right. Again, I think it was a close fight. I just don't think 30-27. Like, how could anyone say that fight was 30-27? You know what I mean? That's that's absolutely, absolutely insane. Anyways, uh, let's go to the next fight here. This was this was a really tricky one for me, guys, because I'm still not sold on Loopy. I like her. I'm not sold on her, though. And when when uh, Sajara pulled out last week and they replaced uh, her with Loopy against Luan, who was a big girl with good Muay Thai, I was a Scratching my head about this fight, Marcel. Ultimately, I did go with Loopy because I thought the grappling would get done, but mm-hmm. the size proves to be a difference here. Again, this is why we have weight classes. We, it's like we need a reminder sometimes. I think I think this is another close fight, but I, I thought Luana won the fight. I thought she won the second and third round, so I actually think the scores were fine. Any thoughts? I slightly scored it for Loopy, but I think I had no problem with that. It was close. Like, I think either way, 29-20, again. Really no problem fine. with it. I was a yeah. little surprised with unanimous, I'll be honest, but I think mm. it's fine. I don't think it's a bad scorecard. So, you know, I think Luana is an underrated fighter again. You know, she's back-to-back fights now. She's a big underdog and wins. So, mm. underrated fighter, guys. And you, that's why you got to check the hype sometimes. So much hype about Loopy, but, again, weight class difference and everything. So, Brian thinks it's corruption with the, with the, um, with the judges. Yeah, I, I I can't believe it's three, the three twenty seven scorecard. That's just crazy, man. <laughs> I just I'm still scratching my head. All right, let's go to this next fight. The not mm-hmm. bad girl defeats uh, Brandy as first round knockout. We both like this guy. Marcel gets the job done again. I I hope we get a, a big step forward for this guy, a big uh, you know top fifteen opponent because I think he deserves it. Marcel three straight knockout oh, wins. I, I like watching this guy fight. 
Brandon Davis, it was just too much on short notice. I do think he'll, you know, again, he'll be successful, I think, in the UFC in his return, but against guys lower at the division. A guy like ba- Bagarol, who I think is just really underrated, and he's got crazy knockout power for this division, Marcel. I like this guy, and this was always going to be a tough fight for, for, for Brandon. So give me your thoughts on this one. Yeah, man, give him a top 15 hours or give him Montel Jackson and a, a, a fight that was supposed to take place earlier this year. Um, I mean, a great performance again, man. He did look really good, man, really clean. Uh, really like how he fights. And Brandon Davis, super tough guy, as we all know, and uh, he, he got them out in the first round. So really impressive. You look good. Okay, and last fight of the night, uh, Ari Carlos oh, yeah. defeats Estela Nunez. So we had a few thoughts on this. First of all, I mean, I did win a bet on this one. So I like I like Carnalosi in this fight. The grappling mm-hmm. was really good. Gets the job done. But it's crazy how she needed to finish Marcel because the judges, one of the judges had two. Well, actually, she wouldn't want to split decision, but one of the judges had her down two nothing uh, heading the third round, which to me is nuts. Very clear one one heading the third round. I think if not two nothing Carnalosi, I, I would lean towards more so than two nothing Nunes. Um, not only that, but Keith Peterson, three fence grabs, no point deduction. So I want to hear your thoughts because I know you weren't too happy about this. I was really pissed about it, actually, because <laughs> in the first fence grab, she actually pulled herself up, you know. And she, she they say that she didn't took advantage. She was preventing Cardinalosi from taking her full down there, you know. And when Pete Peterson, Keith Peterson said, uh, let go of the fence, she kept holding. You know, yeah. and after that, she let go. Second time again. Third time was in the last round. She tried it again, you know, but she just let it lose like two seconds later, you know, but she still had an advantage where she could settle herself pretty much like Davidson Figueredo did in the Alex Perez fight, you know, where he could settle himself to get a better position. She did it as well, you know. So I was actually happy that Carnalosi finished the fight in the third round because she got three times in the disadvantage by the referee and Peterson didn't do shit. You know what, what are you there for? You know, if somebody uh, grabs the fence, it's just so stupid, you know, and pretty much you really much, uh, how do you say that you invite fighters to grab the fence if you don't do anything with it, because they can, they can prevent ourselves from getting in a bad position with a takedown or whatever by grabbing the fence and you just say, let go of the fence. Yeah. Great. So what yeah. doesn't happen anything, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I agree. All right. Um, Dale thought I was, a, was expecting a close scorecard. I mean, I think it was probably just clearly 1-1, you know? Anyways, anything else with this uh, with this card versus we should move on? Anything else you want to talk about, or are we good? No, we're good. Okay, let's go to Bellator. We'll do that quickly. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it live on Saturday. I woke up and watched it the next day. It was just a lot of enemy. I, I really hate when they do when both promotions are on the same night. I find <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's already a lot of enemy. You know, I got a kid now, right? So it's like you kind of kind of what's the word uh upcoming, for you you're in the middle of the night right so, i mean upcoming saturday you have at the same time ksw glory ufc and bellator all yeah. four at the same time yeah i wish they would just do it friday and then and then saturday i don't i thought bellator was doing a good job because everybody went to like friday night so i don't know why they went back to saturdays anyways um a lot of stuff happened in the prelims i know a lot of people want some money on their on parlays bellator parlays seem to be winning money i mean usually the favorites win what are you gonna say adam I mean, if we would do Bellator picks instead of USC, that's picks, what I'm we saying. Would, like, we could probably be like 220 and five. Or I something. know. I, I agree. I agree. Bellator is. It's a lot. I think it's a lot easier to, to predict these fights. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious that they want to win. It's not like the UFC where I don't think the UFC really has an agenda a lot of the time. I think they just want to see the better fighters. I don't think it's about they want to promote so and so. Like, whereas with Bellator, we, we know that's like for instance, you know, Benson Anderson's wife 
fought someone that had no business being in the cage in the first place. <laughs> uh, Brian saying Jalen Bates, the problem. He's, sure, he's good. We've all, mm-hmm. I think we both like him, and he doesn't like going on Saturday. I think one should be fired on Saturday. Anyways, let's just, we'll do the main card here. So, Vadim Nemkov defeats Julius and Glick's fourth round career. I mean, he got rocked in the first round, Marcel. So he got dropped there, but yeah. once again, showed off the championship medal and comes back and wins. I mean, Vadim Nemkov's great, and he's going to fight Corey Anderson and knocked out Ryan Bader. That to me was a bit more surprise. I'm not surprised at all that Nemkov won. I think we both predicted that. But Anderson and Bader, I was honestly scratching my head about that one. I know Anderson's look good, but Bader to me is obviously very good as well. And, you know, I, mean, I think at this point, though, at age 38, um, that weight cut to 205 is very, very difficult for him. And his chin is just not the same. Um, it's not even his chin. He got rocked behind the ear in this fight. He got hit right there. So I do think there is something that I think at heavyweights will still do well, but at head, light heavyweight, you, you can't do that weight cut anymore. I know. But Corey Anderson, man, look good. What are you going to say? I told you, man. If Anderson shows up like he showed up against Yakshimurov, he will walk through Bader. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And he and did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he, did he did. And he's won three straight fights in Bellator now. Now he's out there on Twitter saying he's the best light heavyweight in the world, even though yeah. Jan knocked him out last year. You know, here's the thing: they did fight back in 2015, and and uh, Corey won. He won a dominant decision, Marcel, very dominant. But that was five, six years ago. Six years ago, not five, six actually. And, and you just saw the fight last year, and, and Blahovitz won. I think Blahovitz is clearly number one in the world. But. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you can't say this is, uh, I think Coker said, like, yeah. this is the actual light heavyweight uh, uh, belt that does. It's like, dude, you know, you can't say that when Anderson recently got knocked out by Jan Blahovic. You know what I mean? You just can't say that. It doesn't make sense. It actually, listen, I like Coker, Coker, but that makes you look stupid, man, to say such a thing. And I know it's promotion and that kind of stuff, but. I never understand that, you know. I mean, they they all want to be so badly uh, engaging with the UFC, trying to say that their fighters are better. Chatri Sittyatong does the same thing with one, you know, and it's just just so stupid because it won't happen. The UFC is not going to fight any of your fighters unless they're on a UFC contract. Mm. It's that simple. The crazy thing is we're talking about two guys that a few years ago, Corey Anderson, I remember he got knocked up by John Vellante. And Jan Blahovic got he lost to uh, Patrick Cummings, and now we're talking about the, the best light heavyweight in the world a few years later. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. The sport moves quick, man. You, people get better sure, or they get sure. worse. Um, both these guys look good. Uh, the other two fights in the main card: Brent Primus defeats Ben Anderson, and Henry Krause won his fight. I don't, uh, any other thoughts on this card? Anything else you want to? Yeah, say? good. Also, a yeah. good win for Mohamed Berkamov against Jaleel Willis. A fight that should have been on the main card, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Berkamov, great fighter, just too inactive all the time. But he got it done, man, against Jaleel Willis, which is a good fighter. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. You know, and maybe a, a good win for Sumiko Inaba as well, which right. is a talented girl. You know, so and, and again, we have Beltor the next Saturday or this Saturday, I should say. Fedor's fighting Tim Johnson. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. So yeah, tomorrow, sure. again, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, we're going to do the podcast just because uh, Marcel's got some stuff going on during the day. So 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. I'll announce it at the end of the show again. Just a one-off. We're going to we're gonna continue to do 4 p.m. Eastern, which is a good time for both of us. But tomorrow, Marcel's got uh, he's got a hot date, so we're going to do it a little bit later. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we got our boy Alex here. Late check-in. What's up, Alex? CM Hawk. A little fact. I, I had way bigger expectations for Junior Albini and Juan Adams when they got signed to Chris Dawkins. I think a lot of us, especially for Juan, uh, I think a lot of us thought Juan was going to be something, but he's uh, he hasn't really panned out. I mean, he's still. I think he, he just won his fight. I want to say Fury FC. I want to say he's fighting him. Um, Kevin uh, says Bellator's a joke. They operate like the minor leagues, and their bigger names can only be called people outside the organization. Cyber Pitbull. 
I, I, you know, it's it's very frustrating for me, Kevin, because I was such a big fan of Strike Force. I love Strike Force. It was an amazing promotion. The matchmaking was fantastic. The the talent was amazing, and I just don't feel the same way about Bellator. I, I you know, I, I find it's, it's it's a good option for fighters, but I I don't enjoy watching as much as UFC. I don't think the fights are as competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, there obviously are some good fighters in Bellator. But I'm not trying to bash Bellator again. It's the second best organization, I guess, just because there's not many good ones. But I still feel like the UFC is a whole different other level. CM Sox talking about Volante is his job in line next fight against Chris Barnett. It sure is. Glenn says is your name Ajax. Oh, my man knows. My man knows. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Contender Series from last week because we didn't get a chance to do that yet. So let's talk about the signings. So, uh, yeah, CM Hawk was asking about Martin Boudet, what we thought. I thought he looked good, man. He looked really good against Lorenzo Hood. Obviously, he was going to win the fight. I mean, that was a good matchup for him. Uh, you know, I think he could fight the other guy they signed. What was his name? Um, the guy they signed a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, Brzezowski? Br- 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 I mean, that guy? Lucas Bresky. They could do that yeah. fight. Maybe just do that. I, I think they could do that. You By know, the way, so, I, I, I was so disappointed Michael Bisping wasn't on the Contender Series uh, booth last t- t- Tuesday because he could have said Martin Buday, like he always <laughs> says. <laughs> Bisping's good, but yeah, Paul Felder did it, and Paul Felder announced that he's considering a comeback, by the way, so I'm sure you saw that. He's thinking about it. Paul Felder is amazing, by the way. Yeah, I, I, he just retired. You know, he, He's still young. He can fight again. Yeah. Kevin Scott will take LFA over Bellator any day. LFA is good, and they have competitive fights, so I kind of agree with that, but you know, Bellator obviously has bigger names, so... Anyways, uh, Jay, okay, so let's talk about the other guy first. Slava Borshev. I mean, I was blown away. I really like this guy, guys. His striking is really good. Marcel, what do you think of his performance? Because he knocked out Chris Duncan, the guy who's undefeated. They call him the Slava Claws. I mean, the guy's got an amazing nickname, great fighting style, team alpha male. I, I really like this guy. What do you think? Yeah, he was like the long-lost twin of Ryan LaFleur, man. He looked like him. <laughs> um, he, he did great, man. I mean, against Chris Duncan, a great prospect from Scotland, you know. Yep. It was an amazing fight. And uh, he got, he got uh, he, he knocked him out with, with a clean punch, you know. And uh, starts. Yep. And respect, by the way, to uh, Borshev by not uh, punching anymore to Duncan, Beautiful. who was completely knocked out. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was blown away. I, I, the guy looked incredible, way better than I thought. I mean, I thought I don't give a win, so that's great. And it's nice to see a guy like this, you know, get to the UFC because he's exciting. And I think that this is a good signing. All right, so let's talk about By the other way, guy. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to ask you one more thing, man. Uh, tomorrow, there's a fighter. I think that's a, the opening fight was 39. Next week, there's a fighter with 40. James Barnes, does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, does that make sense on the contender? So it doesn't like really if, because it's supposed to be prospects. Um, my only yeah. guess is they were short notice and someone got I'm, injured and fell off. That's what I'm guessing more so. I, I mean, if you want to give somebody an opportunity at that age, give them an yeah. opportunity, but don't bring them to the contender series. I agree. You know James I mean? Barnes is a guy I remember watching on the Chuck Liddell card a few years ago. He's been in Bellator. He's a, he's a guy that's good in the regional scene. I don't think he'll do well in the UFC. He's 39 years old. But at the same time, Russell, it's nice to see the old guys get a chance. I just think Dana's going to be like, you're too old if you win, like he said to Chris Curtis. Yeah. Dale's picking Barnett by Hurricane Rana. I like Chris Barnett. He's a big boy. Glenn thoughts, says, thoughts on the recent two-man commentary booths. Is the UFC cost-cutting? I, I actually think two-man's better, personally. I don't really like three-man booths. It used to be two-man. It used to always be two-man. Be, yeah. you know, Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg. So they went to three when uh, the new ownership took over. And I liked you better. CM Hawk says, funny that Dana told Seiko Missy Weight was one of the reasons he didn't sign the guy to beat Cortez. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about this fight. So Jake Hadley, there was two fights, two fighters to miss weight. Christian Rodriguez and Jake Hadley. We both thought they would win. They both won. They both looked good. I thought Christian Rodriguez looked phenomenal, but he didn't miss weight. The thing is, Jake Hadley also looked phenomenal. He also missed weight. He got signed. Rodriguez didn't get signed. 
not only that, but Dana White starts talking about afterwards. This is been a week now, but uh, you know, last week, you know, Dana White starts saying how this guy was being a prick to the matchmakers and to like the uh, limo driver or whatever backstage, and he's just like this guy's not been very friendly to people behind stage, and yet he still signed him after that. So like, after he missed weight too, I just I understand the guy is an exciting guy, great ground game. I mean, who throws up Gogo Platas? It's amazing, but. I just think you opened up such a huge can of worms by signing him, Marcel, because now it gives other guys in the future the chance to get signed if they miss weight. And it's just so stupid that he says this guy's not going to make UFC because he missed weight in Rodriguez, and then a second later signs this guy, Hadley, even though he missed weight because he makes a special um, you know, exception for him, even though he said Sean Shelby and McNay were so pissed off that they they, they stormed out of the apex, Marcel, because the matchmakers were so upset. Because this makes the matchmakers' job hard, Marcel. What happens when Jake Hadley – Comes to his UFC debut and he weighs in at 127 for his flyweight fight, Marcel. It just makes Nick Maynard and Sean Shelley want to pull their hair out. So give me your thoughts on this guy getting signed. Rodriguez not getting signed. I want to hear your thoughts on the situation. Yeah, Dana doesn't have that problem where he wants to pull his hair out. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry I had to make it, man. Um, the thing that really bothered me, you know, it's not even that he got him a contract, but then he said about Rodriguez, like, yeah, you didn't make weight and you look good, but uh, you're still young and uh, you can come back in a few years. Then Sanko asked him specifically if Rodriguez made weight would have been a different uh, would have been a different decision. Yeah, definitely. I was like, what the hell, man? Definitely. Yeah. So you blaming him for not making weight, but you're taking Hatley. Then you're just having double standards. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have no problem with him signing Hatley, but don't give Rodriguez shit for missing weight. For not signing him and then saying to Sanko, if he made weight, I would have signed him. Fuck off. You know, that's just stupid. Just say then at that moment, you know, I still think, I think he looks good, you know, but I still think he's young and we want to see what he does in the future and maybe in the in one or two years or maybe we invite him back next year, the contender series. Say that, you know, but don't come up with some stupid ass shit, you know, what he always does. It's just annoying to me, you know, you just may, you're just saying double standard things that doesn't make sense. Be honest, you know what you mean? And if you were like, uh, I pick Hatley because I really just say I like Hatley, you know, I think he is amazing. He may he missed weight, I blame him on that, but I still want to sign him because I see something in him, you know. Perfect, you know, I have no problem with that, but don't gonna say to Rodriguez like you didn't got uh, the contract because you didn't make weight because that's exactly what he said. That's just bullshit, you know, that's what's really pissing me off. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Um I'm not sure what to say. Like, I mean, it's just it's Dana White's promotion. He can do what he wants, but it's like, you know, it just makes Mick and Sean's job a lot harder once this guy because watch, they've had they've already had an issue with Davidson Figueroa missing weight as a champion, basically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've had a problem with it's the lo, it's the lowest weight class in the UFC for men. So you're gonna have guys that are struggling to make weight because they're just you can't get any lower, really. I know that mm-hmm. some pros have 115 men's, but in the UFC it's not, it's 125. It's a low weight class. It's hard for these guys to make weight, but to me, it's like I asked, I asked Anita, my fiance, I was like, do you think you should sign him? I mean, the guy looked good, right? She goes, no, because he's not reliable. He, you know, he, he got his, his job is to make weight in the fight. And he only did one of those things, Marcel. So to me, it's like, again, I tell him this all the time. If you miss weight for this, it's like being late for a job interview, guys, you know? Anyways, at the end of the day, the guy got signed. I think he's a good, talented fighter, but I really for hope sure. he makes weight. I hope he makes weight. Now, let me get these comments. Uh, <laughs> it was a very Dana White moment. Yeah, it really was. It's so ironic, right? Glenn says Duncan claimed th- cut three times in a, in a week, twice for D- Dana White contender series and a backup for UFC card. I mean, I'm just looking at his record, Glenn, and he'd never been knocked out in his career, including his amateur career. So I do think that that weight cut took something out of his durability. CM Hawk, do you think of all the heavyweights competing in a roster series, Riz- Rizvan Kuniyev is the best and ironically being assigned? 
I don't know because okay, that the thing about that guy is he's obviously good, and you know he submitted the or he ground and pounded the guy. But um, with that fight, it was a boring fight. He basically pushed him against the fence for ten minutes and then took him down. And the guy was thirty pounds less. Dana White didn't like that. I think Boudet, as honestly, I think Boudet is the best of the three. But I think that guy um, Kuniev could beat Lucas uh, Bresky. So. To me, I'm, I'm a little surprised Dana didn't take him, to be honest with you, because he did get the finish, but it wasn't the most exciting uh, fight. Anything I mean, else, Marcel, you want to talk I about? I mean, he signed Alan Crowder and Dante Don Mace. You yeah. know, Dante Mace, after losing two times early in the contender series, he, he, he signed him a third time. So I don't know, man. I mean, I didn't really like the Kunia fight either, but at least he looked like saw he had a solid game what he what he showed. But it wasn't really like how do you say that eventful to watch. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um I don't make the decisions, but um yeah. The other thing was I didn't watch it, but Cage Warriors was last night. Uh Spike Carlisle mm -hmm. Spike Carlisle won. I don't know if you saw that, Marcel, and Max Roscoff also won his fight. So. I, I I saw some that that was like five a.m. my time. Yeah, there was also That's a crazy uh, crescent kick knockout. You see? Yeah, that? the second fight. That was yeah. crazy, eh? So there was a yeah. there was a crazy. Let me just pull it up because I you know what's funny? You guys know my boy James Lynch. There's a there's a there's a guy in Cage Warriors named James Lynch, <laughs> which yeah, is crazy, true. Marcel. I think he's the guy that knocked out Lee Chuck. No, 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 no. Sorry, he got no, submitted. No. He got submitted. Yeah. It was uh, Jose Hernandez got knocked out. I think. That was a crazy kick, man. I mean, or no, sorry, Justin Barry knocking Alan Benson. That was the yeah, kick. very time, rarely man. seen crescent kick. Go look for that if you want. But yeah, that car they've been doing them in um, San Diego like once uh, every couple months, some or so. Mm -hmm. I think Angel Hill was a commentator. I want to say I didn't watch the car though. Um, no, I haven't either watched it. I just I wanted to watch it. I was just so tired last night, honestly. Like, <laughs> especially now with the kid, man. Like, I, I, you know, it's it's tough. Like the, the nights mm -hmm. are definitely not as easy. Um, Team Hawks with the UFC book Romanov. Versus Romanov or Romanov, Romanov versus Harris. I'm okay with either one. I just, you know, again, I, I think Walt Harris is very overrated. Romanov to me is a more solid fighter, so that's a tougher test in my opinion. Mm. He's asking about Justin Pico versus Justin Gonzalez. Aaron Pico, excuse me, versus Justin Gonzalez. I love that fight, man. Um, good fight. Justin Gonzalez should have been in the UFC too. I mean, he had a win on contender series. Daniel. Again, Marcel, another great Dana White passed on, and now, you know, Bellator scoops him up. You saw, by the way, Okamoto scooping that one, and Justin Gonzalez replied under it like, "Dude, tag me in this." <laughs> yeah, he wasn't too thrilled that Brett only talked about. Uh, I want to say, yeah, Pico. But I mean, is Pico is he an Ali guy? I, I think say, he is. I think I want to say he is too. Anyways, I think that's it for today, man. I'm, he said, uh, "They also the Spike Carlo fight was fun." I'll try to check it out. We know he knocked out JJ Ambrose, so that's good. Also, Marcus Perez lost. He fought at light heavyweight. Yeah, he actually missed weight. Came in at two ten and lost. I only remember the guy because of the Joker. The uh, remember the Marcel? He had the Joker. Yeah, like, why so serious? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, I, I I think that's it. I mean, I think we're good for today. We'll be back tomorrow, guys. We'll break down UFC Vegas forty one. Uh, Tori versus uh, Costa. We'll do that tomorrow. We're gonna say Marcel. Can I ask you one question? Yeah, of course. Uh, kickboxing fight on Saturdays really big over here. Uh, Rico Verhoeven against Jamal Ben Sadik. What do you think, man? If you have any knowledge about it. I don't know who I gotta be honest, man. Like I uh, you put me in such a bad spot. Now I sound like I don't Sorry, know. Man. Talking, Sorry. I don't know a lot about his opponent, man. I know that he was supposed to fight Alistair Overeem Rico, obviously. Mm -hmm. What do you know about this guy he's fighting? So ben Sadik, they fought two times against each other. Ben Sadik fought uh Verhoeven in the second pro fight, I think, and Verhoeven was also like uh, early and he knocked him out in that fight. Then the second right. fight was like three or four years ago, and Verhoeven won there in the fifth round. So it's pretty much one one. 
now against each other. Both guys really don't like each other, uh, and it's not it's not just for, for 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 how do you say that for the audience or for the play. They really don't like each other. Uh, ben Sadik, he's um, he was in trouble with justice. Uh, he's still uh, he's still uh, how do you say that? Uh, he's still in, in how do you say that? And uh, they still have something on him, but uh, he's free for for this moment. And he's, he, he battled cancer many times in his career, and he's now uh, fully recovered from that. He looks amazing. He looks really sharp, man. And uh, Verhoeven always liked top-notch cardio, you know, uh, always uh, uh, knows how to how to win fights. You know, he has cardio for five rounds, calls himself the cardio king, and I think that's deservedly so. A really, really uh, intriguing fight, you know. Um, better fight, honestly, than Verhoeven against Overeem, although I would really love to see that fight. Don't get me Who's wrong. Who's the because cardio I'm, king? Whose nickname is cardio king? Uh, Verhoeven. Verhoeven oh, that's, the, that's a nice nickname. That's cool. No, yeah, it's I mean, not. He's the king of kickboxing. Okay, name, fair but. enough. I was going to say, that's a cool nickname, though. But uh, I got to be honest, man, I don't know as much about this as you, obviously, so I'll, I'll defer to you on this one. Marcel, let's get out of here, man. Plug yourself. Let's go. Big Marcel 24, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, on MMADNA.nl. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MMATTERMARTIN, podcast, MMATTERMARTIN.com, so on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all those places you find them. I'm also available at BJPan.com, MyMinnews.com, The All-Star, uh, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting, and, of course, where else am I? Everywhere, man. Bookies. That's the other place I'm with. Bookies doing some stuff for football, which is cool. Anyways, Marcel, we'll be back tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern. And we'll break down that uh, Vittorium Costa card. Until then, guys, have a great day. And we'll also talk about Contender Series as well. It'll, it'll, basically, the podcast will be the hour before the show. 